Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington Jr. Today, Philip talks about how to see into the future. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All righty. How's it going? Hope you are having a good February. It's almost time for Fat Tuesday. I think we're like 10 days away or something like that, nine days away. Um, so getting excited, getting in the spirit. The weather is looking nice. The home is decorated. My wife has the Mardi Gras nails looking looking great, looking fine. Fine as wine. You ever heard that thing, fine as wine? Look at, yeah, that's a old school saying. Uh But today we are talking about how to see into the future. And to see into the future actually is a lot easier than what you think. You don't have to have psychic abilities, although those are super possible, but you don't have to have them. Um, What what really is it comes down to like uh, understanding and... Yeah, really just understanding. Having having understanding without just... let Let me explain what I mean. So when... When we feel connected to someone, it's because we uh, understand their perspective, understand their mindset, perspective mindset, the same thing, uh, and they feel our understanding, right? We, we understand their perspective, and the key thing is understand their perspective without judgment. Um, and, and another, you know, judgment might mean like, uh, yeah, like the word means like judging, like uh, having... Um, uh, a negative perception, a negative prejudice, like a, you can even do like the reverse of understanding, not understanding. Whenever you judge uh, somebody, you're not understanding them. And so you want to you want to start from there. And another word for understanding that may help even more is like having an open mind, right? A closed minded person and or a closed because nobody's fully closed minded, but somebody who's closed minded in an area uh, is judging what they're seeing in that specific area so they can't fully see um, the, the entire picture. And so uh, in investing, the biggest benefactors of an economy are the ones that uh, are like understand what's going on the most, right? They have the most open mind about the future, I'm going to give some examples and I'm going to get into how you get there, but uh, I wrote down some, some, some names. You know, John D. Rockefeller. Uh, yeah, I talk about John D. all the time. Right? He's one of my favorite business people of all time. But he understood the future of where energy was going in the world. Andrew Carnegie, right? And this is, you can, you can pinpoint this time frame as the Industrial Revolution. So he understood energy in the Industrial Age. Andrew Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie understood infrastructure in the industrial age, uh, which, you know, he was a steel guy, built, made a bunch of money in steel. Um, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I know he, I know he, both of them had dealings with railroads and I'm pretty sure they both uh, owned some investments in railroads, but railroads were the way to connect cities and towns and states uh, at that point in time as well. 
uh, the railroad uh, king, I forget who that was, um, um, Vanderbilt, I believe, was the railroad king in that era. J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan was the financier, so he was the one that organized capital from the U.K. and invested it in America for the industrial age. Was I right on that, Steve? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Okay, thank you, thank you. So now we move to Warren Buffett. As we as we move from the industrial age to the service-based age, Warren Buffett was the finance king for the service age. Warren Buffett just owns a bunch of financing companies. Nebraska Furniture Mart, uh, they make a lot of money in financing. Uh, you look at, he's been a big shareholder in American Express, Wells Fargo. If you read his books, those are big ones. Insurance companies are big ones. He owns Geico, a bunch of other insurance companies. Um, but the theme of what he does is he's a, even when he bought Apple over the last few years, which he didn't buy his, uh, yeah, uh, his successors who uh, understand his philosophy uh, bought Apple because Apple is the is where it is right now, right? Because Apple has two stores, but the the moving forward store of Apple is it's going to be a big financier in the digital age because they got so much money. They're they're basically going to finance a lot of the digital age um, with their payment rails and everything. If you're paying attention to what's going on, you got Bob Johnson, who Bob Johnson. Uh, guy who founded BET, right? He was really instrumental in uh, media for the 80s, 90s, cable TV, uh, black entertainment television. Oprah, same thing, media, uh, revolutionizing how things were sold on media, how to gather attention on media on the cable networks. Jay-Z, um, another uh, you know similar guy who used new media outlets to sell uh, music and now he's selling all kinds of things, right? The, he's made multiple billionaires from helping them to take their attention on media and channel it towards uh, goods and services, uh, not just selling them, but owning them. And so all these people were able to uh, peer into the future and then position themselves as things were changing to make a lot of money. And they and when they did it, when you read the story, this is why I love biographies, you read the story, you you see the world was not seeing what they saw. And again, it, it was not that they uh, went to a meditation retreat and learned how to project themselves into the future. It just was keeping an open mind and paying attention to uh, what's going on. Um, I want to also get the flip side before I go deep into it about like the opposite side of like resistors because there is no stagnation or there's no neutral, right? You're either appreciating or depreciating as far as like uh, where we're going in the future. Um, and so the, the, the resistors, and, and I call resistors, uh, you can also call them haters, but they, they allowed fear of the unknown unless for sake of giving it a word, volatility, right? The fear of volatility uh, keep them from embracing change. And so that's why to this day, we're still subsidizing farmers from like 100 plus years ago Whenever the economy transitioned from the industrial from farming to industrial, there was just a key amount of people that just didn't want to um, move forward, and they cried, They went to the politicians and um, got them to get uh, subsidies uh, for farming. Um, and same thing happened when when you had the uh, transition from the industrial age, which is heavy manufacturing, to the service based industry. You had a lot of fights of workers fighting with. Uh, management about pay and i'm i'm of the opinion like just 
conflict doesn't add any value. When there's conflict, like just move forward. Like com- conflict is when the pie is getting smaller because the world is changing, and so folks are fighting over the pie, right? I plan to just say, well, let me just go where there's infinite pie over here in this new economy. And so the, the, the same workers that were uh, skilled at building cars uh, at that period of time did, did not translate their skills to building on the knowledge economy, which is computers and all different kinds of stuff they could have built. Same, you know, same type of thinking process, different application of it. Uh, um, they didn't transition. And so those are the people in America who are struggling right now. If you look at, uh, if you look at the households that are struggling the most, uh, uh, because of like manufacturing, dime, moving the service stuff, getting shipped overseas, it, it's the, uh, population that, um, didn't reskill for the, for the new world. And, uh, please understand when I'm explaining this kind of stuff, I'm giving objective fact-based. I'm not making any judgment on anything. I'm just explaining like how the, how the machine works. And so, um, um, because you, you have a period where there's a shortage of people who are able to code and program the computers at the same time, you had a big amount of population that was, uh, uh, losing their quality of life, uh, because they were still leveraging their skills for a dying economic idea, the industrial age. Um, uh, you know, same thing applies to investors in a, in a recession, right? When we have a recession, you get a lot of investors that freeze up and go f- and get fearful. Uh, and that, and that fear of volatility, fear of unknown causes them to like lose money, right? Not, not only do they lose money in the drop that they were invested, but they, they bail out and they don't get the recovery, which is like worse because the biggest risk I mentioned on the, on the previous podcast, or I actually I don't think I put that one out, but the biggest risk of a, a of an investor is not a short-term market drop, it's volatility, right? Because if you look at the trend of humanity and a trend of our quality of life, which is the trend of wealth, it's an upward trajectory throughout time. Uh, um, but if, if, you, if, if you have cash... What's also upward trajectory is like inflation, which inflation measures like uh, measures like change relative to old ideas. Meaning, uh, if if you own an asset that is equipped for the old world, and we're in a new world, it's very likely not going to earn more than inflation. Which means, if that asset's growing at five percent a year and inflation's at nine, you're losing 4% of value a year. You're looking at the object, it's still there, but it's like looking at a person that is, you know, still stuck in high school and they're like 45. I mean, you're still looking at them, but mentally they're still in 1992 or something like whenever they were in high school. Uh, and, and and so that that's what's happening is it's, it's a, it, inflation is your biggest risk as an investor and, the cause for assets to be inflated away is just fear, fear of the unknown, fear of volatility. So how do you um, how do you tap into the mind of the future? How do you see into the future? You just pay attention to the youth. You don't judge the youth, right? Here's the, here's the story of the world. The world judges young people all the time. Uh, and out of that judgment, you can't see them. You can't understand them, right? You don't you don't see what they're doing. And and logically, like, as I say this, logically, everybody knows that 
the economy two decades from now is going to be built by the 20-year-olds of today. Logically, people understand that. They go, yeah, of course, right? Because they're going to be the buyers. They're going to be the people with the most uh, discretionary capital. And so it just makes sense to go to the 20-year-olds who are inexperienced and not wise right now. And But look at what they like. Like, what do you like to do? What are y'all doing with your time? What things are you buying? Uh, what's cool to you? And suspend your opinion of like, what's cool? Because by the way, like when you were 20, everybody else in the world that was older and had money was judging you too. And they missed they missed the trend of what y'all brought into the world. And so to see into the future, just talk to the youth, understand them. And, and then, here, and then here's, here's where the real work comes. Because seeing into the future is not hard, right? Once I do that, then you understand why crypto is the future. You understand the, the value of Tesla. You understand why artificial intelligence and big data is important. You understand why robots are going to replace a lot of the disgruntled hourly workers uh, currently. Like, it becomes non-rocket science. It becomes like, oh, I get it. Um but that, that isn't the hard part. The hard part is then to continue to have faith uh, as the 20, 30-year-olds bring a new world to the future, like misstep, right? As they as they gain their balance, as they gain their feelings. When I say they, like I'm 38, as we gain our balance, as we gain our, our footing in bringing stuff into the real world. Um, but, but we've all been there. Like babies, when they walk, when they suddenly walk, like it's just a process of falling down and getting up. But like... Like all babies that I've seen, for the most part, that have legs that keep their legs, eventually learn to walk. Um, that's just it's the, the wobbling process is just the natural process of them getting their footing. Uh, and so you can't not have faith on them when they're doing that. I I'm give, I'm I'm experiencing a, a, an even different version of it. You know, my I have a twelve year old, um, and twelve is an interesting number, right? I you know they 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 first introduce. Uh, Jesus outside of the in the Bible when he's not a baby as twelve. I watch these cool shows that are uh, very very deep um, called Naruto and Baruto. They both start the series off when they're twelve, and so twelve is an interesting number because twelve is when I feel like at least from what I'm experiencing is when uh, our kids start to form their own opinions uh, themselves, and and so you know as a parent it's interesting because. Right, you're like, man, I, that 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 isn't the thought that I fed you. You formulate that thought on your own, right, wrong, or indifferent. And so I intentionally find myself having to be more understanding and not judging, so that I can maintain a connection with my son as he explores things on his own. Because I have faith in him. I know the kind of man that he's going to grow up to be. I know because we, me and wife, did our job. But in the interim, right, even though I know the future, right, it requires faith in the interim when he does something that. I don't perceive as wise, uh, but that's normal because we all did the same thing. And so, like, just don't judge him. Maintain the connection. Be there when he needs it. Have faith in him. Things will work out. And that's exactly what you need to do to be a good investor, right? Same exact skill set, no different. And with the skill set, you allow yourself to participate in ushering in a new future. And when you do that, you put yourself in a position to make the wealth uh, according to like how much faith you put into it, which is time t- done with time and money, but you have a situation, you have an opportunity to uh, um, put yourself in a position to like really extremely benefit from that new world coming in. So hope this helps. Until tomorrow, or this is Friday. Until Monday, enjoy your weekend.
If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.